Welcome to the Stories We Don't Tell, a podcast about storytelling. Producer Paul is telling me that I should explain what's going on, uh, which makes sense to me. How do you feel about that, Luke? I'd like to take, take some direction from Mr. PD. All right. Yeah. Mr. PD door yeah. leaves you ask, wondering what the second D is for, but you know, that's, uh, that's for him to know and you to find out. Okay. Uh, so what you're doing here on today's episode of the Stories of the Tell podcast, uh, my name is Stefan. Uh, I'm on the show on occasion. Uh, some might call me a co-producer. Some might call me the guy who just managed to sneak in beside producer, uh, producer Paul Dorr. Mr. P. Uh, Dorr. Mr. P. Dorr. Uh, yeah. But I am in studio. Very sunny studio. More sunny than most studios are, I think. Uh, with one Luke Anderson, uh, who has told a story with us before, but we're doing a different thing today. Uh, what we're doing today is we're going to sort of, we're going to, this is, we're recording this for full transparency in the middle of May. Uh, and later this week, later this month, sorry, uh, you, Luke, are going to be a part of our event. And so we're going to talk now about sort of what you're thinking, what you're getting at for the story, and then we're going to play the story in the future. Uh, so we're going to discuss something that's going to happen, and then in the future, uh, you will be tell the story, and then we'll talk about it. Uh, or what is what we're talking about now? We're talking about it now. You'll just, they'll just hear the story that you come up with. Do you have a DeLorean? Uh, I do have a DeLorean. Uh, it goes about, but the problem is that it only moves four. It only goes one direction, uh. Uh, and very slowly. Is the flux capacitor working? Not really. Mm. I've been trying to get Paul to fix that for me. Okay, thanks. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll let you know. That. Yeah, exactly. No DeLorean. Our only time travel is by waiting two weeks. Okay. Uh, but um, let's get to. So the idea here is really to create a feeling of what it's like to sort of work through a story. Mm. That's the idea. Let's see if we succeed. Uh, so Luke, if you may start, what do you you came to us with a generic idea of what you want to tell. Uh, do you want to sort of just lay out what you're sort of thinking right now? Sure. Well, I would love to tell a story around my most embarrassing moment. Most embarrassing? My most embarrassing moment. Wow. I found myself at parties, uh, around tables, uh, with friends, telling them about my most embarrassing moment for years. And, and so I feel like I've developed this knack to tell it, uh, but I want to supercharge it. And I want to tell it in front of an audience so, so that it, you know, gets a rile out of them and, and offload some, you know, some anxiety that I have around the issue, uh, as well as um, some anxiety that I have in front of audiences. So my goal with this story is to present it without notes hmm. and, and tell it from the heart and, and just pull it down and deliver it in a way that is supernatural. Um, not supernatural, but super natural. natural right. I, although, man, if you, I would love a supernatural story. If, <laughs> if the most embarrassing moment is when you got abducted by aliens, I am in. Well, that'll be June storytelling. Nice. Okay. Uh, I've so, got the mark on my yeah, shoulder. Right. Oh, really? Yeah, I the noticed. probe. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, well, that's <laughs> we'll save that bank. That, that's a great story. Don't get me wrong. That's yeah, a, well, I'm interested in that story. But the most embarrassing story uh, is about a TED Talk, right? This is the TED Talk story? Well, see, this is, this is the thing. It, it involves the TED Talk, but now I don't want to let the cat out of the bag. Oh, so you, you, you're, you, as in like you don't want people to know what the story is coming up. Yeah, so, so the, there is a very embarrassing story that mm. happened uh, during a co-op term um, while I was in university. Incredibly embarrassing. Um, 
And some may think that that is my most embarrassing moment. But I come around with a, a left-hand hook unexpectedly and surprise them with a story that's even more embarrassing. Ah, so you, that being my TED Talk. So, so you set them up with one, and then, you, and then you nail them with a second one. That's right. It's the one-two punch. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, so what do you, like now, right now, you're sort of in the, in the early thinking phase of this. That's right. Uh, so what's, what sort of your, what sort of your, do you have an idea of how you want to structure it yet? Or you, 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 it seems like you do sort of. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think there's some trickery involved, uh, where I deliver, I deliver the most embarrassing moment. They think mm. what they think will be my most embarrassing moment. And then there's a, you know, awkward pause. And what I'd like to say, um, is, but there's more. That is not, or see, I, I'm not too sure how to lead into my, mm. or, or I could just say, but that's not my most embarrassing moment. Right. But that's not the most embarrassing moment. Right. I'd like to tell you a little bit about my, I'd like to tell you about my most embarrassing moment. And then I tell them about this issue that happened during a co-op term in university. And then there's that awkward pause, but that's not my most embarrassing moment. And then I deliver. You launch into this whole into other, it, yeah. this whole other thing. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I'm intrigued to know how you. Do you have any plans on how to connect the two stories beyond the fact that they're both embarrassing? Like, is the is the first story entirely set up to just let you land the second more embarrassing story, or is, are you thinking more? You know, are you going to try to maybe like connect them in some other way? It's a good question. Or are they thematically connected already? I haven't thought of how to thematically connect them. Hmm. Like again, you know, the embarrassment could be the thematic connection. There doesn't have to be another connection mm -hmm. to them. It sort of depends on what you plan using the first story for to some extent. Mm -hmm. That's a good question. Haven't thought of that. Hmm. Yes. You also can do, you also of course can do the classic end on a callback to the first story, uh, and that's how you and, that, and then and that's how you wrap it all up. Mm. Yeah, there there should be some connectivity between the two. Mm -hmm. Is that what you're thinking? Uh, it doesn't have to be. You can mm -hmm. work without it, mm -hmm. uh, but. I think more. Off, I think if you're going to start with another story, um, either it has to be very quick, uh, and you get through that in like a minute, and mm. that's just actually really set up for a fully fledged, you know, mm. story. Okay. But if you spend like the first four minutes on one story, and then spend another six minutes on the next story, uh, they got to be connected. I think. Okay. Um, so yeah, it depends. Like, how long does it take you to tell the the first embarrassing I, story? I would say a good six minutes at least. Oh wow. So it's a serious, yeah. So it's it's a, it's a it's a it's a sordid tale. Yep. So here's a suggestion, and mm -hmm. I was throwing this out there. Mm -hmm. Because we can do whatever we like at this event, I'm wondering if we could you know, we you we could play around with the what we've done a little bit of times, and we, is that we've uh, played around with with how the whole event works to make a story work better. Mm. Uh, now, I've used this to my advantage a couple times. Once when I was hosting, I basically managed to like frame the whole thing around something that I was going to end on. Uh, and then again, a different event, I was able to sort of, again, start with a little mini story that sort of set up a later event. Mm. Um, and so I'm wondering if we might be able to, to do the same with your stories, mm -hmm. which is start with your six-minute story, uh, let that exist, and then have you, let everyone think you've finished telling your story. And then, like, the second half, you show up again for the second story. You, Ooh, that's fun. Like, and so, and so you're like, so you show up, you, you say, it's like, you say, you say one line again, and you're like, but that isn't actually the most embarrassing thing. And then you, and then you deliver the second one. 
Mm, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because then it's sort of you know it's it's fun to play with the audience a little bit, and they and then especially if especially if is the second story because I, I know briefly what the second story is about is the when you are when you plan on telling it how do you want it to land with the audience is your hope is it funny is it sad uh, is it both uh, is it just heavy it's heavy it puts it puts everybody in that situation where um, they don't want to be it's their worst nightmare mm. yeah. And I've I found myself there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so and and you leave people in that, or your your intention is to leave people in that worst sort of nightmare kind of feeling. Yeah. Yes. And and no. I, I'd like them to stew in that for a little bit, and mm. then I would like them to uh, know that I overcame right. that 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 situation. I I f- somehow managed to pull myself out of it. And uh, and deliver, and deliver something, um, and 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 get something out of it. So in, it really allowed me. This is this is the message that I'd like to communicate. It allowed that situation allowed me to tap into one of life's rawest forms. Mm. Right, and that's what you're going for. That's that's the thing you want to sort of convey. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Because that's interesting. Because because I, I ask that question uh, because I think that influences how we would play this uh, experience. Because is yeah. the first one funny or is the first one also terrifying? Oh, it's it's both. Right. It's it's hilarious. Right. And it's terrifying. Mm. Nobody wants to find themselves in the situation that I found myself in. Right. So yeah. they both have that that same flavor. Mm. Yeah. Because I mean, like normally I would say we should end with the with the with the second one uh, mm-hmm. if it was if it was if it was funny, uh, but we'll, we'll see where that goes. But that's not really important for the for the the podcast will not experience that at all. So it's not necessary to talk about right now. Okay. Uh, but to move back to the uh, to the story itself and mm-hmm. what you're thinking is it. So it sounds as if this is like a if this is going to be so you have you have a six minute story that you sort of you, you sort of know. It sounds like you're mostly working on the second story. I would say so, yeah. Yeah, like you, I imagine you expect to basically just like if I asked you to tell us the first story right now, you'd probably be able to. Definitely. Hmm. The uh, I kind of want to now, um, but I guess we can wait for the wait till the evening. Um, but yeah, so 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 when you work on the second story, you sort it sounds like you know tone, and it sounds like you 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 obviously know what it's about, you, and and it's pretty plot based, so you don't have to really go outside of the experience to tell it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so what are the things you're trying to work through in your head right now? Well, I guess it's just practicing the delivery and making sure that the sequencing is is sound and it has good flow. Hmm. Um, so I, I think it would just be a matter of practicing uh, the well both stories. And and I think what I want to do is I I, I want to take people to that that that's that time in my life hmm. and it, and really bring them into the the. Uh, the feelings that I was experiencing, the 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 anxiety, the um, yeah, the, the the angst, and the the amount of time and effort that I put into preparing for that. Yeah. This this right this this, this, this situation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah I want to bring them into that, and I, I want to communicate exactly what was going through my mind, and um, I want to I want to set the stage. Mm. So, really so to speak. Des- yeah, exactly. Nice. <laughs> Through really descriptive words and um, tone. 
That's in, yeah, that's interesting. It's an interesting challenge, especially for something that you're hoping to fully fully memorize and, and to come up with that way. Yeah. Uh, I find I find really descriptive natures difficult mm. to 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 think to to, to speak uh, specifically. Um, but I it's I, I I think that you do that right. It's the best, right? You you land that and you've you've won mm-hmm. to some extent. Um, all right. Well, I think uh, I think that's probably a, a enough time to let them let them let them hear it. Should we let them hear it, or do you want to banter some for some, for some more time? Like, Let's let them hear it. All right. Uh, so this is the Godfather Three, uh, also known as uh, the two most embarrassing moments. Two most embarrassing moments coming Luke at Anderson's you. Life. This feels cozy in here, Warm, more warmth and uh, togetherness. I, I'm excited to share a story about my most embarrassing moment. Yes. <laughs> it's uh, well, early September 1999, and I'm a university student, um, second year university, and uh, engineering school at Waterloo and it's a co-op program so the co-op program at Waterloo uh, lets you go and work in the industry for four months and then go to school for four months so uh, this September I'm working in a, a co-op placement that um, allows me to go into the field and and survey uh, construction sites so the company that I'm working for they're they're in charge of making sure that the construction site is all ready to go for the developer to come in and build the building. So my job is to go and, and measure sewer systems and uh, water mains and roadworks. I have to make sure that all this stuff is good to go for the handover to the developer. So I'm about a week in and um, my supervisor tells me that I'm to go and meet up with this coworker, Tom, who I've yet to meet. That'll be our first meeting um, the next day at 6.30 in the morning. So, uh, so I do. I, I, that morning I, I pack up my stuff and I rush out of the house. And I'm really keen on, on going for a bike ride later that evening. So I, I throw all my bike gear in my car and, and uh, I drive and, and meet Tom at the, at the construction site. Tom's there and, and we, we get started on our work together. He's a great guy. And uh, he notices that, that I have my bike on the roof of my car and, and uh, that kicks off a great conversation about, about mountain biking. Tom also loves to mountain bike. So we hit it off. Um, but, uh, you know, we're hungry and, and we both um, agree that, you know, we, we, we haven't had we haven't had breakfast yet because it was super early when we started. And um, Tom told me that a food truck comes around to some of the, the construction sites and, and delivers you know, breakfast to the construction workers that are, that are working on these sites. And, and so a couple hours later, sure enough, the food truck comes and we put our tools down and, uh, and we make our way to the food truck. 
at the, the front of the, the, construction, of the construction site. And Tom orders a big coffee and two egg McMuffins. And, you know, I follow his lead. Um, so I do as well. I order a coffee and, and two egg McMuffins. And we're so hungry, we wolf them down and, uh, and carry on with our work. So we're working away and, and we, um, we're talking about mountain biking again and, and how it would be great if we, if we met up at the end of the, the work day and went for a ride together. So we, we made plans to, uh, to do that. And you know, while, while we're setting things up, I get this, this really awful feeling in my stomach. My stomach is just turning and there's a real rumble down below and it's not, it's not good. Um, I, I would try to work through it and I, I just, I just can't after, after 15 minutes or so, I've got to tell Tom that I've got to, I've got to go to use the washroom. Just give me, give me a few minutes. And I race to the, the porta potty that's um, at the, at the road, at the entrance to the site and I just make it in there. I just get my pants down and unleash a fury. And I'm unleashing a fury for a good 15 minutes. And I reach a place of, of somewhat comfort with this situation uh, before I, um, I go back out and, and I meet Tom who's waiting patiently to, uh, to continue working. And, and so we, we, get, we get back out there and we're working away for another 10, 15 minutes and I, I have to tell Tom that, I'm sorry man, but I, I just, I gotta go back and use the washroom. And so I did, I'm back into the washroom, another 10 minutes go by in there when I, I'm coming out, just not feeling great. And I'm in and out of this washroom a good six times. As things start to get a little bit better and Tom tells me that he's got to go back to the office to, to look after some, some office work and I, I'm going to finish my, my day up on the site by myself. And, uh, and so we make plans to meet up at the, at the trailhead um, after work and we, we, we just set it all up so that we know what the plan is and, and I do. I finish my job, my job up. Um, and and I, I pack up my stuff. I'm feeling a little bit better at this point in the day, and I, I feel confident that I can I can hop on my bike and, and enjoy a ride at the end of the day. So so I meet Tom at the trailhead. He's uh, he's there and he's got his bike all all set up, ready to go, helmet on, and and um, ready to rock and roll. And I pull up in my car and open the trunk up, and I, I'm getting all my gear ready, lace up my shoes and got my bike shorts on. The last thing I have to do is, is pull my bike down off the roof of the car. So I, I open the door and, and I step up onto the inside of the door and I have to reach over the roof to grab the bike that's, that's hooked up to the roof rack. So it involves unlatching a strap and I had to pull the pull the bike down off but 
the top of the roof is, is sort of pushing on my stomach. And, and so I'm feeling the pressure that I've felt, you know, I've done this many times before. But what I, you know, and, and I, while, while I'm reaching over, I, I felt what I thought was a little bit of gas. <laughs> that normal feeling, you know, the little bit of gas feeling in, in the stomach that um, I made a conscious decision to release. But, but in the, the, the split seconds following that decision, I realized that it was the wrong decision to make. Because what I thought was gas was, was definitely not. It was more, more of the variety that I was dealing with earlier on in the day. So now I have a situation. <laughs> I'm really, you know, I was really excited to go for a ride. Tom's a great guy. He's waiting for me. A great guy, but I really don't know him all that well. <laughs> I've just met him that day. So One thought comes to mind. I, maybe if I could just vanish, that would be great. But that's not an option. So I think a little bit harder, and I, I finish getting the bike off the roof, and I, I get it together. And I realize that I've got to tell Tom what's happened. So... So I do, and, and Tom, the good guy that he, that he is, he has a bit of a chuckle. <laughs> and um, we, we tr you know, we're in the middle of the bush. There's nowhere to clean up. There's no outhouse. Um, so we gotta kind of scramble around for something to, to mop up with. So I go to waddle over to my car to see if there's anything in there. There's nothing. I don't have a change of shorts. Tom goes to his truck and, and finds a sock. So, so he throws the sock to me and, and I go into the bush and, and I clean up as best I can. Pull my bike shorts back up and, and, I, and I go for a ride. Now this, this, now this just goes to tell you how much I loved to mountain bike at one time in my life. But that's not my most embarrassing moment. It's mid-November, 2015. <laughs> Mid-November, 2015. Just put that, that thought in your mind. I'm approaching a big red ramp. A big 
bright red ramp that has stopgap written on the side of it. This big ramp, red ramp has been custom built to suit this stage that I'm about to get up on. So I hop up on the ramp and wheel my way up onto the stage. And uh, I wheel on the stage and I, I stop and I turn and face my audience. The audience is made up of about 400 people in the lower level of this huge auditorium and about 150 to 200 people in the, in the upper balcony. And, you know, there's the front row just in front of the stage is made up of uh, a whole bunch of people with cameras and, and audio gear. And um, there's excitement in the room. Uh, we've, just, we've just listened to this amazing presentation, this amazing performance of these, these two guys who, um, who perform on instruments that are, are from found objects, so like buckets and uh, PVC pipes and, and broomsticks, kind of like a stomp type of, type of uh, performance. Really exciting, and it's, it's totally charged the room up. And so I'm out there on the stage, and the energy is electric, and, and the crowd has, has cheered me on. They're, they're excited. In behind me is, is, are the words uh, T-E-D-X. In, in big, red, illuminated letters. This big, beautiful sculpture that's actually made out of red, small blocks of Lego. I've prepared for this moment for three months. Three months, I practiced my speech over and over and over again, in front of friends, in front of colleagues, at home, in front of my refrigerator. I knew this speech like the back of my hand. I had my sights set on delivering a speech that would rival the best speeches that I'd ever watched. I was about to give a TED Talk. Hello everyone. I've got some really exciting news for you. I'm going to be sending you all home tonight with something. It's a device. Sorry, it's not a TV or an iPhone. It's even better. With this device, I'm going to give you the... I'm going to... I'm going to send you home with a... <sighs> I'd forgotten my words. The crowd 
let out this huge gasp. And there I was. I was a TED speaker and I had forgotten my words. My gut sank. This rush of anxiety and heat swelled up right through my body. I felt sweat start to beat up on my forehead and on the top of my head and my hair. I'd forgotten the words to my TED talk. In this panic, all I could see was bright light from those, from the spotlight that was on me. I, I couldn't see faces in the crowd. I couldn't even make out the crowd in front of me. And there I was with this rush of thoughts that were going through my mind. What the heck was I going to do? I wanted to, I wanted to vanish. That was the first option that came to mind, but that's not an option. <laughs> you might remember that from another story I've told. And the second option was to turn and wheel off the stage down the ramp and make my way out of the auditorium and go home and cry. I just wanted to go home and cry. So in this, this rush of emotions and angst and anxiety and panic, I thought that was my best option. So I wheeled off the stage, down the ramp, and I made it about six feet beyond the ramp. And I couldn't go any further. I was stuck. <laughs> I couldn't get out of the auditorium because all of the audio equipment and there was a crowd of people blocking my way. I was stuck. And it's not like I was behind a curtain or backstage. 600 people were watching my every move. I wanted to disappear. I just wanted to go home and cry. But neither of those options were options. So again, in a state of panic, I thought there's only one way to go, and that's back on the stage. So I did. I spun around. I went back up that ramp. I wheeled onto the stage, made it halfway to the middle of the stage. I turned, I faced my, my audience, and they were all clapping. They were, they were all clapping for me. And, you know, I picked up where I left off and I, I presented my speech and I did it. I gave a TED talk. And, you know, there's been a lot of time that's passed since then and I've had, I've had time to reflect on, on what, what happened that day. And I have to say that in that moment, I was able 
to feel one of life's most purest forms, most, life's most raw and pure forms. And that is my most embarrassing moment. And I'm so glad that I didn't shit my pants. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the stories we don't tell. You can subscribe on iTunes, uh, where you can leave a comment. You also can like Facebook or our Facebook page, depending on how you feel. You can visit storieswedonttell.org for more information. This episode of the Stories We Don't Tell blah, 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 blah. This episode of the Stories Don't Tell podcast is brought to you by JPD, Jeffrey's Police Detective Agency. JPD.